All right, here's what I think we'll be in in 2024. First up, we have just sort of wandering around, um, you know, going from point A to point B, maybe a point C even. I think that'll be big. Second up, we have drinking 12, 13 beers. I think people are going to really enjoy doing that. I think having 13 beers is going to, it's going to be a big year for that. Third, we have kind of just looking at stuff. I think you're going to see a lot of people just looking looking around, looking at stuff, things even. Um, I think that's going to be a trend you see a lot of in 2024. And finally, uh, I think the big trend in 2024 will be uh, just sort of sitting around, you know, posting up, probably with bad posture, a lot of craning your neck. I think that's going to be a big year for that. So those are my predictions. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is a new year. It's not a new open. It's not a new me. It's not a new day. It's not a new anything, except for it's just another month in the life of all of us welcome into the stone on air podcast it comes to you generally will be wednesdays today on thursday the 11th happy 2024 and wow what a few weeks it has been Most of it, not good. And I will talk about some of that today. want to thank Lee Brock, who was last on with me before. Lee at lindabrockhomes.com. Get a hold of Lee for all your real estate needs. 265-0088. If you want to call the office and likely not talk to anybody, you call that number. Or call his cell. Sorry, I just gave the wrong number first. 265 2491 Lee Brock and Lee Brock Holmes, part of Real Estate Partners, are um, helping out with the show here into the new year. What that means exactly more uh, down the line, I'll explain uh, some different programming ideas that I was going to tell you about today, but it has been a doozy since the last time I uh, talked to you and usually. When you use the word doozy, you mean uh, it's been something great or something good. At least that's what the old codgers, the old folks would uh, used to say. In this case, that uh, has not necessarily been been the deal. So um, thanks for finding the show into the new year and and a serious uh, happy new year to you. I saw a a tweet by uh, Kevin Nash of WCW and WWF of all people, and I, I wish I'd printed it off. It Made a lot of sense. Um, I shouldn't even mention it because I don't know what it's saying. But basically saying it's just another month. It's just another day. It's just another whatever. And then he went all conspiracy at the end of it. So it's kind of like, I was with you there, bro, until you started misspelling everything at the end and got all weird. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, it is just another week and another month in the year of our lives. But we have lost a couple of lives. And I will tell you about uh, both of those in the second segment of the show. One coming from people I have talked to because I did not know the man, Mark Height, passed away over the holiday season. 
And I have a couple of statements from prominent Chattanoogans that I'll read to you. I'll tell you more about Mark Height if you were not familiar. I was only familiar with the billboards and the name as very, uh, very good chance that that's all that you were familiar with as well. And I'll spend a few minutes on that in the second segment of the show. And then a dear friend uh, amongst a big group of just characters of people I know passed away also. And so I'll, I'll fill those blanks in in the second segment of the show. In the final segment of the show, I will just give you the audio slideshow of my trip to Cancun, Mexico for uh, Christmas. Quick spoiler alert, it was great. It was absolutely great. And if you listen to this often, if I didn't say it exactly, because I can't remember, um, I at least alluded to it or insinuated in some way that this might be a bad idea and it might not be that great. And I was wrong. And that's just me, my typical skeptical self and pessimistic self. So if uh, you're not interested uh, in that, if you're not interested in anything in this show today, I, I, I get it. Um, I am going to be coming to you every Wednesday. That is the goal. I'm here to you today, like I have been mostly the last few years, on a Thursday. And um, the reason is I have had terrible electrical problems here at the house for, well, ever since I got back from Mexico, which was on December 30th or 29th, 29th or 30th. And I get home and I realize that something's not right. Like lights are getting brighter and dimmer and the the box fan is getting louder and then not as loud and um, the heat's not kicking on enough and the house isn't warm enough. And I'm just like, happy freaking new year because I knew that my electrical, the the panel in, inside and then very likely the one outside was nearly 30 years old. Basically, like every update of this nearly 75-year-old house is. And I was told that whenever you need electrical work, the first step is is to replace all this stuff. So I knew that was coming. And $6,000 later, I'm finally in a house on the 11th, excuse me, tonight on the 10th, record night, to where I'm able to use my home. I've been staying in East Brainerd at my mom's since Monday night. So it has been um uh it, it has been a crappy start to the new year. It also kept me from being able to work on trying to make a new open and trying to to come up with the the new concept and ideas that I wanted to tell you about today. They're just not there yet, but I am now absolutely baroque. All right. I am the how do I want to put this? I am the poorest, not broke person you know, probably, likely. And what does that mean? Well, it means I don't have a lot of money, but I know where all my money is. I'm very deliberate with the money that I make, and I'm I, I'm never hindered by small everyday things or even small every day, every week, every year, every month inconveniences. I have a 30-year-old washer that I just ran uh, ran uh, a load of two loads of laundry tonight because I haven't done laundry since before Christmas because of this. I didn't have the power circuits were too uh, uh, faulty and compromised to run anything that had a high voltage except for the the heat. You know, that's been the most important thing for all the obvious reasons. So in a normal time in my life, if the washer goes out, well, I got the money to replace that. 
You know, if I if I if I got a five hundred dollar problem, I got it. It's no problem. If I got a couple thousand dollar problem, I mean, it's gonna kind of screw my week up, maybe my whole month, but I got it. But now we're talking about six thousand dollar problems, and I could spend a long time on how all this went, and I won't because there's no reason to. In the end, I am fixed up. It looks like everything's good. The inspections were done. Everything's to code. So I am now officially happy. But it took a while to be happy. But back to my point of being the uh, the not broke poor guy. Well, now I am the broke poor guy. There's a difference in being poor and there's a difference in being broke. Right? Like, poor is kind of a lifestyle. Broke is just a bad situation. For at least for me anyway. Right now, I'm poor and I'm broke. So, luckily, this time of year, there's nothing that's fighting for my attention, for my entertainment dollars anyway. And now that I have a fully functional house and I can have my anxiety relieved somewhat, that makes me happy. And I can now spend extra time over the next several days into the weekend and the rest of the month, really, getting all the things done that I wanted to do at the end of December and the first week of January is I haven't done a show since December 20th. So I apologize for that. I, I, I promised a lot and I, I'm not delivering on any of that. So I'll make that time up in the next several days and I'll have a lot more for you next week. I'm also still struggling with the home studio to get it. As you hear the computer making noise in the background, I'll turn that down. Um, but it's better than it was. So Holy moly, happy freaking new year so let's start off with just a few things here i do have three pieces of audio for you i put all this together on sunday all the uh, the pre uh, arranged uh, imaging and and sounders and and rejoins that you hear i did on sunday this is now wednesday so these are outdated uh they still work for what i'm doing i would have different ones had i had the opportunity to do it i'll run you three pieces of audio the realest thing the best of the worst and the worst idea all coming up here in about five, six, seven minutes or so from from right now. Uh, let's see. So where do I want to start? Oh, here's a good place. I am not sure, but it looks like my Stone On Air Facebook page has been compromised. I'm getting I've been getting messages saying something I had done was against some kind of copyright policy, which is something I've been worried about, actually was all part of the stuff I was going to talk about here that I'm not ready to yet. But I, a uh, friend of the show and former uh, videographer and, and, and executive producer of this show when he used to be on the radio, Nathan Gale, texted me and said, you know, because he's got access to some of the stuff that I can see, and he said, don't don't mess with that. That's not real. That, just stay away from that. I don't know if, if Nate's right or not, but um, I'm not messing with it right now. But you can't get to my Facebook page. I'm I'm almost to 2,000 followers and likes on that page. How long does it take to do that? I'll tell you. Eight years! All right? Not exactly looking forward to trying to do this over again. So I don't know what's going on with Facebook, but that's another Happy New Year issue. I was hoping to find some, If again, if I had the opportunity to do it, some kind of ba-dum-bum-ba-dum Happy New Year that I could, a sounder I could just play every time I give you another piece of crap news. Uh, for for the new year. So don't look for the Facebook page. I don't know right now because it's not there. 
A um, couple local news things here. I won't spend any time on it today because um, I'm, I am going to be spending more time with the What Podcast. I've mentioned that uh, them on this show many times and featured part, portions of their show many times. And I am kind of like a, a contributor, um, you know, executive, uh, not executive, uh, I meant associate style, kind of like producer on site stuff. I do some help with them. I'm going to be more involved with that into the future. And so when I do some um, work with them here soon and we do a bunch of Bonnaroo stuff, I'll, I'll play that back on the show. But the lineup is not making me that happy. Uh, I will read you this real quick. This is from my buddy Kessler Kuffman. Does a lot of really good work. Dynamo Studios here in town. Uh, He put a post out that said, why do people have such annoyingly strong opinions about music festivals? Y'all are so weird. And he is a really respectful guy, the way he posts on social. It's not to be antagonistic. It's often thought-starting kind of things. And this is one of those. And people will have all their things to say. And, and I get to, the, to mine here highlighted. It says, I'm not going to say that your question is meritless because it's not. It's a relevant question because it's a silly niche thing. But that's what makes silly niche things so great. And in parentheses I put, or annoying, or terrible, awesome, or whatever. It's because it's what makes it cultish and niche is how much so many people care. It's no different with sports teams and leagues and events and interests and other enthusiasts. And Bonnaroo, especially in this part of the country slash world, this is very important stuff to many. So overreaction and emotional responses are to be expected. Annoying? Yes. Understandable? Also, yes. And is the 24 Bonnaroo lineup any good? F no! It sucks! I'm mad! <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. The headliners are Post Malone. Ugh. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ugh. And then Right Said Fred. Oh, I mean, excuse me. Not Right Said Fred. Uh, a band called Fred Again. Dot, dot. I honestly have no idea who that is. Uh, the big news is, and it is big, Pretty Lights is having a headlining main stage uh, performance late night on Thursday. It's the first time in 21 years of the festival that Thursday has had the main stage, the greatest stage in the world. It's the first time that they have had that open on that night, and Pretty Lights is something to see. It really, really is. I've seen them at Bonnaroo in a much smaller area, Many years ago. That's a big deal, and I'm not going to try to discount that by any stretch. That is uh, that is the one shining thing here that jumps off the page. I need to marinate in this one for a little bit and uh, get back to you here in um, you know however long it takes. Uh, Mike Vrabel gets fired by the Titans the same day that I'm out of power. Um, me and my two cats are sleeping in my old bedroom I, w- I-, I had in high school. At my mom's house, got a good couple of good dinners out of the deal. You know, it's pretty warm, comfortable bed, but you know, it sucks. And then I get this Bonnaroo lineup. I'm not all that happy about. And then the Titans fire Mike Vrabel. I was so pissed off that day. If you ran into me, which nobody really did, so you know, thankfully I don't have anybody to apologize to. I would have likely owed you an apology because that day was just not working for me. I'm a big Vrabel guy. My favorite player, Tannehill, is done. We all knew that. That's fine. That's the way it was supposed to go. 
Derrick Henry, King freaking Henry, is likely gone. And one of the best coaches in the NFL, Mike Vrabel, has just been shown the door by this idiotic ownership headed up by Bud Adams' stupid daughter, Amy Adams Skunk. I'll call her. Her last name, her married name is Strunk. Amy Adams Skunk. They are ruining this team. If I hadn't just renewed my tickets for next year, there's not a chance I would do it now. I was terribly frustrated, and clearly I'm still frustrated by it. A couple other things here that I've just highlighted quickly. Uh, Brewer Media is selling off virtually their entire uh, business. This is being spun in a lot of different ways. Uh, I won't bore you with too much of it, but a uh, buddy of mine, Wells Guthrie, over at ESPN Radio and the Press Row Show in the afternoon with David Paschal, they're going to be done after whenever all this goes through. ESPN Radio is out here in town. Big 106.9 is out. That's basically just classic hits. And they are selling the building and moving to East Brainerd. And they're really basically only keeping Power 94. They're keeping another one, G93 or G90, whatever it is. And then some um, Latino-oriented station that's on the old frequency, the old uh, criminal enterprise that was Nuga Radio on 92.7. That is now uh, Latino-oriented stuff. They're going to keep that. Um, basically, three stations. They're moving into a small office in East Brainerd, and all this stuff can be done out of a closet. And they have outgrown the 11, almost 12,000-square-foot gorgeous building there in um, – Downtown Chattanooga at the corner of uh, it's uh, off of Carter Street down from Finley Stadium. Right. As soon as you get off the exit there with the new configuration, I call it new. It's not new anymore. Off of 27. Um, Kira Brewer Headley is the granddaughter of Jim Brewer Sr. who started the company. And I know a lot of brewers and I worked there twice and I am a, a, a I am very fond of the Brewer family and most everybody I know and uh, worked with from that company. And I've never met Kira Brewer Headley. I do not know who she is, but she is basically running things at this point. She quotes, I'm the last one of my generation and getting older. And I felt like it was time to make some changes and downsize our operations. But I still believe in radio, which continues to reach more people than any other medium. Okay, that well, that's where you lost me, Kira. Radio's not reaching more people than any other medium. That's the biggest lie told in the media industry. If you want to call me a hater, call me a hater. I hate it for Brewer, but by all intents and all purposes, the Brewer Media Group really, I mean, I don't want to call it an empire because that'd be the wrong word. That'd be too strong, but their legacy is fading away now, and it's... uh, it, it sucks. We're, lo- we're basically losing an entire cluster here uh, lo- uh, locally owned. What was another one I wanted to look at here real quick? Oh, on a national level, which owns US 101 here in town, as I'm already at 20 minutes for the open, Odyssey is now $1.9 billion in debt. Good luck to them. I have, this is, I forgot to read this earlier. This is, might be not real. I'm not sure yet, but this is what I get when I try to go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash stone on air. Dear page administrator, stone on air. We're the meta team, and we're sorry to inform you that your site has taken actions that violate our community standards. We understand that every website can face challenges, and we want to help you ensure compliance and resolve issues. Act. 
30-day posting suspension to prevent posting and sharing of, of uh, violative content. We've suspended posting activity on your page for 30 days. Action needed. Review and remove violative content. Please review all content on the page to ensure compliance with the community standards. Best regards, Meta Community Support Group. Now, considering I haven't done a goddamn show in three weeks and only posted once, and that was just a, hey, can't wait to talk to you in the new year, though I did pay for a boost of it, for a boast, whatever they call it. I did pay a little money to get it to run a little extra. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But the Facebook page, which I don't even really care if you go to anyway, is a problem right now. A couple more things here, and I will play at least a couple of these audio for you as uh, I am very late here, but I just I don't care. Marie Mott will run for mayor. This is a little bit of a nothing to see here, but I'll go ahead and mention it. She, well, it's pretty damn close to nothing to see here. She announced it in front of around 50 people at Barking Legs earlier this week. Um, Marie Mott is a professional victim. She is a professional protester. She is a professional race baiter. Um, she is a rebel rouser and not in the good way. And I thought for a while that maybe she was many years ago. If you're a regular on this show, you've heard me talk about it. If you follow local politics or local news at all, then you already know this. There's a good chance you don't follow it this close and you don't know who she is. I'm not going to spend any time on it right now because I already have in the past. Don't listen to this woman. Certainly don't vote for her and don't take it seriously. Uh, because it's not, I mean, she's serious, but it's not a serious threat. It looks like the Fraser Avenue traffic uh, data collection, uh, quote-unquote, experiment, if you will, in uh, North Chattanooga there is going to be ending today. So if you're listening to this like I know you do, first thing in the morning, every day that it's available, in this case, Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, January 11th, Today, Fraser Avenue should be back to some kind of normalcy. It is pretty clear, and I've talked to people who work there, work there, live there, um, that it is that while the idea might be good, the execution has been poor. And uh, plenty more on that into the new year. The new stadium stuff was starting to stack up. You know, I'm always going to talk about that when it comes up. I have many. Um, things that are two, three weeks old, some as, as just old as a couple days ago. I'll save that for next week. We're looking towards about $120 million on the stadium. Um, I hate to say I told you so, but I'm pretty sure I told you so. I think I told you basically those exact numbers, that this was going to get into the neighborhood of $120 million. It ain't going to be 79 and a half or 81.2 or whatever those numbers were early on. As, as this bad idea, well, great idea, but bad execution so far, continues. It's going to be more like 120. And I told you that many times. And um, I just hope they get it figured out because I'm still a fan of the idea. And what else? I guess that for now will be it. Let's play a couple pieces of audio for you. This is... I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to... Uh, we'll go ahead and do this. This is today's realest thing another gen x flex kind of sort of thing i mean i probably shouldn't even mess with it but since i got it let's do it gen x how did you guys do it how did you stay out of the generational hate work well first of all we didn't care about it it affected us zero percent we were also that last generation that was taught no one's coming to save you so if your feelings were hurt tough shit 
We grew up to be young adults early. In fact, we wanted to be adults. We moved out as soon as we could. The idea of living at home till you were 25 was just ridiculous. Embarrassing. If you wanted something, you went out and got a job and you earned it. And if you had your shitty apartment and you blew your money doing something stupid, nobody was bailing you out. You were living off ramen noodles for a while. We learned how to push through because nobody was coming to bail us out. And I think that that's something that the new generations need to realize. No one's coming to save you. And we're not really old people. Hell, we're in better shape than most of you guys. Definitely better shape than our parents were at our age. Well, I don't think I'm in better shape than most millennials or Gen Z, I can tell you that. And I don't know what kind of shape my parents were in in their early to mid-40s. So I'm not sure if that stuff's true. But the rest of it I can totally identify with. I will go ahead and play this because I love this guy. I don't even remember what this is. Um, This is about... It gets to where Fox News gets all butthurt about political music getting staying political and the continued misunderstanding of what music is in in all uh, walks. This is kind of the startup of uh, into the next piece, so we'll call it. This is the best of the worst idea. They got me pissed off on this one. I was so pissed off I could barely stay up all night lighting off firecrackers. <laughs> Oh, so they don't want to be MAGA, huh? Well, good. We weren't taking applications. We don't want a Wish.com Blink-182 on our side anyway. Green Day's been dookie for years, and since when has punk rock ever been political? You don't see Ted Nugent getting political in his music, do you? No. I know a few things. I know Will Smith don't got a cuss to sell records, and I know Ted Nugent... Don't gotta get political. Not once in Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang did he ever badmouth the president or tell people to not lick boots. I just wish all these bands would shut up about politics and just play their songs about politics. Yeah, so um, that leads to uh, this from Fox News. It was the day after the New Year's, Rocket New Year's Eve on whichever one it was on, and Green Day was playing American Idiot which is a song about Americans that are idiots, meaning almost all of us. And um, they were the next day, I can't believe what's going on here. It's just so stupid. This is today's absolutely worst idea. We're getting MAGA supporters. Right, and I think that it's imperative that we start to define what they mean when they say MAGA agenda. What does that actually mean? What does that look like? Does that mean lower crime? Does that mean actually secure borders? Does that mean a better economy? Because why would you, maybe he is raging against the machine if that's what he's actually asking for. Yeah, well, I mean, and you know, they, that song, the original song, was actually a post-9-11 song uh, because the band at the time was upset about how, what was happening overseas and the Iraq war and all that. Uh, but, you know, they've, and it's, it's, they're probably their biggest hit, mm-hmm. right? But now, to change it, to, to just con- to continue to make it political, you know, you're just alienating people. And I- oh, hold on, hold on, a couple things. First of all, uh, that song is not anywhere near Green Day's biggest hit, lady. Let's just start there. Um, and I, I don't know for sure that it was in response to the war. It is about 20 years old, so it probably was. But once a protest song, always a protest song. See, oh, I don't know, Neil Young's Ohio. How about, I'm just coming, coming up with ones that come to the top of my head. Fortunate Son from John Fogarty. Or Born in the USA, Numb Nuts from Bruce Springsteen. And so many others. So I can't believe they're taking this political song and making it political. And, and, and people do this all 
the time with Rage making their comeback, which I have could have talked about. It looks like they might be done for forever. I had friends that were like, I can't believe how this is just so getting so political. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, God. I mean, I, I can't be friends with people like this. I don't I, I get that you that it's that it's polarizing, but I can't be I can't be around people that don't understand what this stuff already is. Ah, oh, geez, almost 30 minutes on the open. Wow, look at that. Um, coming up next, um, a little more somber here because it's been a sad couple of weeks as well amongst all the frustration, amongst all the um, maybe maybe great things going on for many, many people listening. Um, it, amongst all of that, there's been a lot of sadness as well and some celebration to go along with it. And I will uh, expand on that and um, do that for as long as it takes. Coming up next. Stoneonair.com Now I know you're not used to hearing advertising between these segments, and you might hear more of those. We'll keep them quick and to the point. And I know it might also come as a surprise, but I actually do love realtors. I know many of them, and many of them do great things, like the ones you've heard me talk about in this show today. They make the world go round in property transactions. The straw that stirs the drink. Do you have to have that straw? No, not technically, but technically you could drive a car with your feet if you wanted to, but that doesn't make it a good idea. For an expert, call Lee Brock for all your real estate needs. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. For the next hour, we are going to honor and remember our very dear friend, Mark Height. And when I say our friend, I really mean your friend, because even if you never had a chance to meet Mark, you felt his love, whether you knew it or not, in so many areas of our lives here in the Tennessee Valley. For the last 30 years, this was his home, and he made it a better place for all of us. And so, if you were lucky to know Mark, you're probably nodding your head as I talk, knowing that truly was who he was. If you didn't know Mark, I hope this hour will let you feel like you know him now. And my hope for all of us, me included, is that we will all go into our day reflecting on the power that one life can make in the lives of others. We all had the same opportunities that Mark sought, to see the good and further it, to see a need and address it, to use the gifts we each are given to the benefit of others. And I picked this Audio Slave song because I know it fits the second half of this segment. And it sounds like, by all indications, it fits Mark Height's life as well. Be yourself. Be yourself is all you can do. And if that means being kind and being philanthropic. How do you say that? Philanthrop- philanthropy. Philanthropic. That's what it is. My bad. I'm not hitting stop. I'm not, I don't feel like doing any editing today. Um, and if that being yourself is being silly and making people laugh and uh, getting naked and, and doing silly silliness on the radio or at um, Miss Hawaiian uh, bikini contest, which I'll get to all that and what that means. That's not Mark Height. That's a guy named Tony San Antonio, which I'll tell you about here in a minute. Be yourself. It's all that you can do. Not one of my favorite audio slave songs, but it works. And 
really, I mean, I guess this is how it goes. I'm 44 years old in about three months, and I don't mind getting old. I, 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 I have, you know, the health issues that came along with it, which I've done a lot of good with that uh, and, and getting better, and I'm as healthy as I've been in a while, but that part sucks, and the aches and the pains suck, and a lot of the stuff about getting old really is a drag, but the actual reality of it is not all that bad at all, actually, except for with the longer you go, the more death you're going to have around you. And I, I, and that's true for everybody. And it's just, it hits us all maybe a little differently. I mean, you know, it's, it's babies, it's weddings, it's, um, it's graduations, and then it's funerals. I mean, that's just kind of the, I don't know, what's, what the menu for many families and many people in uh, all of the world, but certainly in American life. And over the course of 23, just every time it felt like we turned the corner, we lost somebody from Kevin West. Um, at the end of the year, I did not give enough credit. Dave Weinthal, the publisher of The Enigma, passed away in 23. Bill Ramsey, I told you all about Bill. In one of the shows at the end of the year, a dear friend for a short time in the media passed away. Danny Pye, um, not as much a friend of mine, but friends of many in the creative community. I believe he passed away in 22, but he was my age and, and died. Dave Webb, Tone Harm, better known as in, um, in the music circles and in the music scene, passed away. He was one year older than me, just about maybe right at a month ago. Um, my cousin, 10 years older than me, passed away of a degenerative disease out in California this past year. Uh, Boner from Rock 105, about 10 years older than me, after getting sober and uh, getting his life in order, dropped dead of a damn heart attack. I mean, it has been a really tough year in that respect, but I think this happens every year, and I just happen to know more of them this time. And and maybe hopefully this year won't be that way. But we're starting the new year with more of that. And um, me and Lee had some fun. Lee Brock, who is uh, helping out financially with the show here for uh, the first uh, month or so into the new year and maybe maybe beyond more on that later uh, down the road. We talked about realty and we talked about the the local market and I had fun and, made you know, made some jokes and. And he, he was a great sport about it, and we had a lot of fun. But Mark Height was a, a realtor. He, he moved a lot of real estate in this, um, in this city. And I know a lot of people who do it now, and I've known a lot of people who have done it my whole life. And um, I never met Mark, but it, it would appear that he was as about as good a dude as you're ever going to find. And I will quickly just read you the uh, piece from, I believe this one is, I just printed off from the Chattanooga, prominent realtor Mark Height found dead at his Key West condo. After 15 years of real estate management, Mr. Height began his real estate career in 2002. He hired his first administrative assistant in 05 and consistently sold at least one home every week through the mid-2000s. In 2007... Now, this is a side note of me talking. Remember, that was a, the housing crash. That was a housing debacle. And he f pushed his way through it. And uh, like any good business person would do, took a terrible situation and made it, uh, made, made it work. And he was that good at this kind of stuff. He added his first buyer specialist and expanded his team. In 2007, in the midst of this crisis, 
And I'm adding all that to this. Uh, back to this uh, verbatim. As a result, the height team experienced double-digit sales increases every year and grew from $11 million in sales in 11 to $90 million in sales in 2017. The team, in turn, grew from there, from three, excuse me, not from there, from three to over 20. Um, this is from Mark's um, uh, the obituary, born... In July of 65, in McCracken County, Kentucky, Mark had been a resident of Chattanooga for the last 30 years. I've just got portions of this here. It says, Mark's leadership has resulted in double-digit annual sales growth and an astounding $116 million in cumulative sales for 2022 alone. He is part of so many different organizations in the uh, in, in the city. I'm not going to read all this again word for word, but I did highlight the Greater Chattanooga Association of Realtors, CHI Memorial Foundation, the Chambliss Center for Children on the Board of Directors, Simpa Community Care, I don't know what that is, C-E-M-P-A, I apologize, uh, Habitat for Humanity of Greater Chattanooga and the Launchpad. Um, formerly also served on the American Heart Association and the American Cancer Society boards as well. This is, the, this is what stuck out the most and was the biggest reason for grabbing the actual orbit, uh, the ob- obit, I should say, excuse me. Uh, Mark contributes over $200,000 annually to local nonprofits, embodying his ethos of kindness and community stewardship. Two hundred grand a year. If that's accurate, I got no reason to believe it's not. Two hundred k a year in philanthropic ventures. It's uh, it's astounding. His most favorite place in the world was Key West, and his favorite color is Kentucky Blue. And you could often find Mark dining at one of his favorite restaurants, the Big Chill, Scotty's on the River, or the Public House. Mark will forever be remembered as a true friend to those who had the honor of knowing him. And it goes on from there. It looks like you still, if you wanted to go to the celebration of Mark's life, it is this Saturday, so you're hearing this on the 11th. That that's the first time you can hear it on Thursday. Two days from now, at the Christ Methodist Christ, uh, excuse me, Christ United Methodist Church. It's on East Brainerd Road at 11 a.m. A celebration of Mark Heights' life. So if you would like to be involved with that, it looks like. I mean, this is in the obit, so that means that's uh, open to the public and. Um, so that's uh, at least there's still time. I'm still it's still still time left to do that if you would like. Just a few words. I wanted to do more, but because of all the complications of the last two and a half weeks, I've I've only got three, and um, one's from Mayor Tim Kelly, one from local attorney C. Mark Warren, and one from Cole Webster, who is uh, the heir to the uh, barn nursery. Uh, uh, I get, you almost can call that an empire. Uh, I'll get to Cole and see Mark in a minute. We'll start with Mayor Tim Kelly. I am devastated to hear about the sudden passing of a terrific Chattanoogan, prominent businessman and friend. Mark's larger-than-life personality and dedication to building up our community has left Chattanooga a better place. He leaves a great legacy of service for us all to emulate, and we will miss him dearly. See Mark Warren, who I actually have met. I know his uh, daughter and... um, he does a lot of local uh, op-eds. Local Mark. That's what uh, Mark Heights kind of uh, tagline was. Local Mark. 
Local Mark was my spirit animal. Mark Height was a rare and special person. I love what I do because I'm around people I love, and I loved Mark Height. Mark taught me many lessons on the importance of serving others. His last lesson was the most valuable. Live and love every hour like it's your last. He will be missed. And from Cole Webster, Jim's son, who runs the barn nursery, and uh, his resume, I'm sure, has got plenty more on it. And sorry, Cole, that I don't have more in front of me right now. And we'll, uh, we've already text messaged that we will be talking um, in some form or fashion on this podcast in the near future. Uh, Lee hooked me up with Cole, and he sent me this specifically for this podcast from Cole Webster. Mark Height is a once-in-a-generation type person. I've never met anyone who genuinely loved people the way that Mark did. It's also very rare to have a friend that you could count you could count on the way that I could count on Mark. He introduced me to several It's also very rare to have a friend that you could count on the way that I could count on Mark. He introduced me to several nonprofits and also helped me with anything I ever needed. Because of the example he set, I will aspire to do more for the Chattanooga area and for more people in general. I will always remember Mark first and foremost as a friend in every sense of the word. A community leader, partner, mentor, and just the kind of person this world needs more of. We are so blessed to have had him in our life. Thank you, Cole, for sending that and I never met the the man, so I don't have anything to say. But so many others did, and by the time I went to go back and look for more through all the threads, it had it was just lost in the flood. And so that's that's all I have for you for Mark. But at the same time that all this is going on on New Year's Day, I get a call from Brad Steiner up in uh, New York, and he's like, uh, "Hey man, when's the last time you heard from Tony San Antonio TSA?" And I said, dude, it doesn't matter when the last time I heard from him. I don't talk to Tony all that much unless it's all of us. It's kind of a group activity kind of friend of mine. Great guy, and I know him well, but I have his number. He has mine. We would text occasionally, but it, it generally was in a festive, communal kind of way. And it turns out I won't get into all of it, but um, or any of it, really. Tony had some health issues that he kept pretty quiet. And uh, he passed away over the Christmas, uh, the week Christmas into New Year's Day. And we, we, all of his friends here in Chattanooga, didn't know anything about the health issues, something with his heart. And he was uh, in, in Vanderbilt for a minute, and, and he didn't make it through the procedure. And, and we didn't know. And so that New Year's Day, I'm over at Tony's, and I'm, I'm looking through his house and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, do we know where Tony is? And... No one's heard from him in so long, and it was scary. Um, and and Tony's origins with me for us for for the the, the people involved, uh, countless that you've never heard of, and and some that you might. He was uh, an entertainer. He would do comedy, stand up comedy at open mics. Um, I don't know. He might have had his own nights at at comedy catch that had his name on the bill. I'm not even really that sure about 10 years older than me, and 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 he hooked up with Brad at 96.5 The Mountain 20-plus years ago, and Jason Walker and others, and he would just be their regular, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's where the Tony San Antonio name came from. I don't know if that's a name, a stage name he used before that. I don't know, but he became part of the shtick. 
and um, Brad and Jason and them and a lot of other guys that they've worked with and gals over the years work in a lot of bit-oriented, sticky kind of things, and Tony was always a big part of that. And what, what made him so um, lovable so easily to so many people, even if you didn't know him, is that his dedication to the bit, we talked about this so many times over the last week, and his, his celebration of life was just yesterday was just last night. So I had that too. And um, his dedication to the bit, whatever it was, whatever crazy, wacky things they were trying to come up with, he would put 100% in and never be like, all right, enough, guys. I'm throwing in the towel on this one. All right, enough already. None of that. He completely um, gave 100% to everything he did. He lived life to his fullest and he was his, be yourself. That's what he was. He was himself. He was hysterical. And I always give Brad shit because over the years, he we he's one of my best friends, but we have this huge, I mean, it probably the tentacles go out to dozens and dozens of people that I know through Bonnaroo or uh, that's one just great example and there's many others that I only know these people through these wacky gatherings of eccentric and eclectic people that all understand each other from from in odd ways. It's very difficult to explain. It's it's hard to explain somebody that no one's that you likely haven't met. I'm not doing a very good job of it. But the guy was hysterical. And and I, I didn't finish my thought. Brad would regularly, oh hey, meet my friend. It's wacky Jim or something. I'd be like, oh great. Thanks, dude. And you know, and then Brad would go missing for a half hour. And then stick me, who you know has high anxiety. Even when things were at the best, my my social anxiety was still kind of mid range. Now it you know it spikes through the roof. But back then, I'd be like, "Yeah, thanks a lot, Brad. You left me with one of your whack ass friends again." And I had to you know, hey, so uh, how's it going? You know that you know Tony was never that guy. From the minute I met him, Brad did the same thing. He left me there with Tony, and we immediately hit it off. And we immediately had things to talk about. And every single time it was just me and Tony, we could hold a fun, interesting, hilarious conversation. And then if you got the group together, holy geez, I mean, get ready for belly laughing. I mean, all the nonsense LOLs over the last 25 years, LOL, LOLs, literally laughing our asses off constantly because of just the natural charisma of all the people involved and Tony being a very central part of all of that. And he was 53 or 54 years old and it is, it sucks. Oh God, it sucks. And his celebration of life was at PAX brew room last night. And, um, a lot of people talked to a lot of people, a lot of family from out of town, a lot of people there. I didn't know. Probably only six or seven people there I did know total. And the whole time, excuse the noise in the background, is my dumb cat who's finally happy to be home playing up with all the crumpled paper. Get out of here! No way! Sorry. Um, as I'm sitting there watching this celebration of life and watching it come to an end and listening to people tell stories, um, all I could sit there and think the whole time was, I sure hope that people care about me 
as much as they care about this guy. I hope that people appreciate me, respect me, love me, and care and, and, and enjoy me as much as everybody in this room enjoys this guy right now. None of this is fabric. You can't fabricate this. You can't just kind of pull this out of your ass. This is all organic, and it's beautiful. And it was. I almost started crying. I didn't. I almost did. It was beautiful. And I thought the whole time, if it, I just hope that when I go, if it's tomorrow or in 30 years or in 30 days or whenever it is, that people will think of me this fondly and celebrate me like at least like this because this is wonderful and I have a feeling those same kinds of thoughts from different types of people from different walks of life that I have known none of but on the periphery know some are saying the same thing about Mark Height it doesn't matter if you give $200,000 a year away to charities and to, and, and, and to needy or if you just make people laugh Tony didn't have $200,000. Tony didn't have $200. Tony didn't have $20. But he had the gift of gab and the gift of laughter. And always being genuine. Always being himself. The simplest conversation, you're still getting kooky Tony every time. And so two people lost within a week of each other that couldn't be any more different, couldn't come from any further distant galaxies, from an economic standpoint, from a social acceptance standpoint, from a, uh, uh, meaning like a social status standpoint, couldn't be born on different planets more, meant virtually the same to the people that, that, that cared about them and knew them the best. And it doesn't matter if that's 20 people or 200 people or 200,000 people or 2 million people. That's special. That's big. That's a legacy. That means something. That means something. And that's all I can hope for. And I'll strive to be better and less of a dick. <laughs> Sorry to be so blunt about it. Uh, as I As things go forward, because... I want to live a long, long life. I hope when I die, everybody around me is dying too, and they're not capable of having a party. That's what I hope. I want to live forever, but I'm not going to. And if there are people around who are capable of celebrating, I hope they celebrate me, even the slightest, tiniest percentage of the amount that everybody just celebrated Tony, Tony San Antonio, and that everybody is celebrating Mark Height. I hope I get a sliver of that and I will feel like I have left a somewhat mark on the world. And I am not somebody, generally speaking, who thinks about others. That's that's not what I've been known as. I, I'd like that to change more. These, these two situations have made me want to be better. And the same, I already crumpled it up, sorry Cole, what Cole said knowing Mark has wanted him to be better, to be a better version of himself, and I agree with that. And, I, and not because, I don't know Mark, but knowing Tony San Antonio makes me want to be better and, um, and, be, and be myself, first of all, just like Tony was, 
and just like Mark was, and just like most people who listen to this show are, and just like most of the people I, I associate myself with. Be authentic, be genuine, be yourself, and people will love you. Be kind, treat people well. It's really not that difficult. If you got $200,000 to give it away, great. If you don't, that's fine too. It's okay. So, uh, all right. So my clock is all blown up on the show. Uh, I'm not even exactly sure where I'm at on time, but I've got a few minutes for an audio slideshow of a trip to Mexico for Christmas. And it was fabulous. So amongst all this just really turmoil, headache, uh, grief, sadness, celebration, and just plain irritation, there was also so many great things, too, and, and this trip to Mexico is one of them. And I will give you that quick audio slideshow to wrap up the show next. A lot of times when people want you to endorse things, it's because it's something that you need. It works well. They want to sell something. You want to buy something. You want to sell something as well. The collaboration works well. In this case, I don't need a home. I don't want to sell the one I'm in, and I'm not looking to buy one. But you might. Maybe not now. Maybe in the future. Maybe years down the road. Whenever that might be, you're going to need a realtor. All right. I can sit here and make fun of them all day long whenever I want just to get a cheap laugh. It doesn't mean that they're not needed. And if you're going to need one, start with my guy, Lee Brock. He'll take care of you. Get a hold of him. Lee at lindabrockhomes.com, 653-2491 for all your real estate needs. It's my guy, Lee Brock. Now more Stone on Air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. And then the last like 10 days of December, you won't hear from me. You won't see me on social. You won't, uh, you won't know I exist until the turn of the years. I'll take a good solid eight, nine, maybe all, all the way up of 10 days off at the end of the year, uh, somewhere around in there. Way down here. That was from one of the shows I did towards the end of last year. And that wasn't entirely true. I still put the stories out on Snapchat and Instagram of the time down in for Christmas. And my mom came up with this idea uh, a year and a maybe a year and a half ago. It was quite some time ago. And it was while I was still drinking. And when she first brought it up, I I was like really getting close to making that decision to quit drinking and go to rehab for it. And I didn't want to say it out loud, so I kept dodging her and dodging her because this is an all-inclusive club and or resort, I should say. And, and I was just like, you know, I don't know what to do here. Like, she's giving me ample time to figure this out and make it work, and I'm I'm continuing to dodge her and change the subject every time it would come up. And finally, in I whenever it was uh, the winter, the the early winter of twenty two was when I decided to tell my mom I was going to go into a rehab facility and quit drinking. And then I didn't think going to an all-inclusive club for, uh, God, why do I keep saying club? Uh, all-inclusive resort for Christmas the following year. I didn't think that was going to be a very good idea for me. Well, at that point, all talks of vacation go away. 
because then it got real. I knew once I told my mother, you know, that meant it's real now. I can, but I won't bring it up to her and then just pretend like I never said it. Like, that just is not how this is going to operate. And so that anybody who's been here at all, if you're new here this week, thank you uh, very much. Do this every Wednesday uh, throughout the year. And um, eventually, as the year went on, I, I went ahead and said yes. I tentatively said yes, and then I said absolutely okay, yes, because it was still refundable up to a certain point. There was 10 of us, all right, 10 of us, including four children, all under the age of, I believe, the oldest would be almost nine so a couple of fives and a seven and a nine and a, you know, something like that. And then my two brothers, my sister, my brother's wife, and then my mom. And that makes 10 of us. And we flew together. And the story of how all that went together is actually okay. But I don't really have time to tell you about it. But we all make it to Mexico. We make it there by uh, the 24th, the morning, nine o'clock in the morning. We're at Cancun Airport. On Christmas Eve, and the the Vols, Jesus, I'm all over the place. The Titans, screw the Vols. The Titans were playing at one o'clock in Cancun, Mexico. Is on Eastern Time Zone. In case you wondered, they were playing at one o'clock on Christmas Eve, and all I just said was, "I'm I was up all night. I didn't sleep, uh, so I I had, was up for almost forty hours. It was about 36, 37, 38 hours, and I was like, all I'm going to do is I'm going to find the Titans game." Well, inside this resort, there's like six different restaurants. I mean, this place is borderline paradise. It's so great. And the sports bar inside the resort was closed. And so on that NFL Sunday, I don't closed for it looked like for good. Like there was nothing in there. The bar back had no bottles, all that. So they put all these big TVs and PA systems out in the big kind of um what would you what would you call that? Kind of the the atrium, if you will, I guess, like the big main area. It's an indoor outdoor area, mostly indoor, where all the programming goes on, where they have all the magic shows at night or the fire breathing people or whatever they would do. There's programming every morning, every night. It's a very busy place, and they had these TVs on, and they had the games were coming on soon. And I'm just like, I am not stopping till I get a Titans game on because no one else is going to get that game on except for me. And I finally am able to talk to the right person. And they and he points me towards the guy. And he's walking away. And I kind of chase him down. I'm like, amigo, amigo. Uh, can I? He spoke pretty decent English. And I was like, can I, can I get the Titans game on? And I'm so used to asking to watch the Titans on the small screen in the back, the little kid's table, because nobody else wants to watch it. I was like, uh, can we put that on? Over in the corner is fine. You know, no problem. And he's like, no, amigo, no. We put on all TVs. Every TV Titans was like, yes, I can handle this. And they put every TV on in this monstrous area with all the speakers blaring the meaningless Titans Seahawks game. And I had a coffee and a bitters and soda and a bunch of snacks. And I sat there and watched the Titans at one o'clock on Christmas Eve. And it was awesome. It was great. Um, so many things I could tell you about, uh, that would just take so long, but the resort itself, it was really good for me because it was a, it was a family resort. So it, everything shut down basically at 11 o'clock. Um, all the bars shut down, all the restaurants were shut down at that time. 
they had a great little coffee shop with ice cream. So there's a lot of kids in there a lot of the time, but ice cream and coffee and, you know, everything's done early. So you didn't have a bunch of fumbling idiots. You didn't have drunk asses everywhere. I mean, my brother was probably quite literally might have been the drunkest person there for the whole time we were there. Now, they had a DJ at night some nights, and some people probably tied one on pretty good. But generally speaking, everybody there had children. So it wasn't a place to go meet single women, which is not why I was there to begin with. Uh, So that was kind of out, and there wasn't anything to do late night, so that was out. All that was good for me. I wanted to go back to the room and just chill and wind it down and get ready for another day. And I wanted to just basically, it was spend time with my mom and and the kid, the nephews and nieces and just, just try to be a good son. That's that's basically what it was. And have a bunch of coffee and bitters and soda and some edibles, some Delta whatevers, some THC whatevers. That's what I needed to totally mellow me out for the week. So what did I do? I went against my mother's wishes And on Christmas morning, I woke up and I got a cab into Cancun proper. And it was $110 for a round-trip cab into town and back. I didn't tell anybody I was leaving. I was back before anybody knew I was gone. And I went to the flea markets. And um, I was sounding like an idiot talking to the to the cabbie. He didn't speak any English. And so I had to type on my on his phone what I was trying to say, and it would translate back to him. And I was like, pharmacy, uh, uh, flea market, uh, trying to explain, I need some weed, man, (laughs) without saying it exactly like that. And I get there, and I'm really the only one around. It's kind of dead because you forget, or I forgot, many people forget, Mexico celebrates Christmas just as much as America does. And in some cases, maybe even more, because it's such a familial kind of culture. And so everything that's, that's a operating company, legally operating company, is closed on Christmas Day. So the first thing I said to the cabbie was, uh, a pharmacia. And he's like, oh, no, no, Navidad, uh, go, um, you know, close or something to that effect. And I was like, oh, no. And I don't know what I'm doing here. And um, I was just like, okay. Uh, and that's when I started typing into his phone and I found the flea market. And there was, you know, almost nobody around. And I'm sure I paid way too much for everything I bought. But I bought the coolest hat ever it's now my third time to mexico in 25 years and i have three cool hats to uh commemorate uh, all three times and then i'm walking around and i you know i'm like you know hey uh like what do you need uh i don't know if they say buddy but whatever they say go. what do you need i'm like uh reefer <laughs> uh marijuana you know I'm, I'm just so just silly feeling silly and I find this, it's total black market. You know, I know I don't know what you can buy legally in Mexico at the pharmacies. I know you can buy all the pills in the world. If you want Viagra, they got it. If you want uh, uh, Xanax, they got it. If you want uh, Hydros, they got it. I don't know if you can buy weed there. I'm not sure. But I found a guy, I found a place, and I bought some, some you know, some grass. That was mainly for, for other people. I didn't want it as much. I'm not much of a smoker. And I found the same place. They had some gummies and they were shaped in pot leaves, but take, just use your, you have to use your imagination here. Think of the softest gummy you've ever felt. Gummy worm, gummy bear, whatever it might be. The softest gummy you can think of. And then think of the consistency of jello. 
and then add those, you know, splice that together, that's the consistency that these gummies were. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's just what they were. And I found out the hard way, if you take them out of the plastic, they're just in a little, you know, cellophane plastic wrapper thing, and you put them on paper, they stick to it. So, like, if this got hot at all, it would melt. That's how close to jello it was. And and this was the only thing I was doing that was a little dangerous. I mean, in the fentanyl scare, I don't know what's in that. I can smell a bag of mid-grade weed, see a couple seeds in it, and know that I'm buying just some ragweed, and it ain't no big deal. Or even if it was, you know, the top end of a, the the firest, as we would call it, kind bud, whatever. I, I can smell and look and see and tell what that is. I don't know what's in that gummy. I have no idea. That w- That's technically a little bit of a dice roll, to be sure. Well, I tested it out when I got back. Half of one in the morning, half of one in the evening. And I stayed feeling calm, mellow, and cool all day long. And I had just enough to get me through the whole week. I took one at, half at 11 o'clock. I took the other half at around 5 o'clock and just chilled. And... The one thing I wanted to do, and I'll wrap up the show here in just a minute. The one thing I wanted to do so badly that I had every intention on doing, but it just fell apart at the end, was the um, the Mayan ruins that are on the new list of wonders of the world. And I keep forgetting, it's chi- the Chichen Itzu, I think is how you say it. Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. There it is. I got it on the computer in the background for the pronunciation. Let's let's see if I can turn that up. Wait a Chichen Itza. The Chichen Itza. It's these old Mayan ruins with the one main uh, temple, the big stairs. You know, you walk up and it's got that little layer up top, and you can't you can't go up there anymore. Thirty years ago, you could. It's so high up, and of course, they would sacrifice and throw people from the top of that thing back in the you know however many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands or whatever years ago fascinating stuff but it was two and a half hours away if everything went well on the travel alone which was fine because i had a lot of time to kill all there was was a crappy beach because the beach isn't very good if you for i mean the beach i thought was beautiful because i like seeing a shoreline i don't care what the beach itself is like but it's not a very good beach so this is more of like just pool life and man, I did that for one day, brought out my speaker and had some Corona Zero and tried to, you know, pretend like I was having fun. It was boring. I mean, I couldn't tell you how bored I was, but I was playing along with a big fat smile on my face, throwing the ball to the kids and all that kind of stuff. So I had a day to kill. I didn't mind to do it, but it got towards the end of the week. My mom was stressing about getting everybody back to the airport on time and you know all these things started to pile up and me taking off for a day to go two and a half hours out to the middle of you know Mayan ruins Mexico was going to was going to bother her she was not that was not going to make her feel good she would have been very nervous about that she didn't want me leaving period I mean I totally broke the the circle of trust by leaving to begin with because I told, I mean, I told her when I got back, hey, I went into town. Sorry, I know you didn't want me to, but I did. I told you it's not that it's not that dangerous. And then me and my brother went on a taco and tequila tour in the town over uh, next to Cancun, which is a highly recommended, awesome little port town, Porta Morlos. Oh man, great food, great drinks. I had a taste of a couple of the tequilas. Just you know, I mean, I'm talking sips, and um, just a fa- fabulous time. 
And it's, it's uh, yes, of course, it's, it can be dangerous, but not if you do it right. And uh, but I so I did not make it to one more time as I pull up the uh, pronunciation. Chichen Itza. The Chichen Itza. So I bought a little paperweight. And I found one that it's not hand carved, but it looks hand carved and it's initialed. And it's a big solid piece of rock carved of that main temple. And that's as close as I got to that. But I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Cancun, even if it's by myself. Just fly in, takes two and a half hours out of Atlanta, spend a day or two eating tacos, tasting tequilas, hanging around some of the uh, more authentic areas of the, uh, of the city. Go to those Mayan ruins, and then I will mark that off my list and move along. Uh, the only thing I regret from that, outside of that, an absolutely wonderful Christmas. And I have now gone way over, and that is my Cancun, Mexico family vacation Christmas uh, trip that I will cherish forever. We got a lot of good pictures, and uh, it was wonderful. So of amongst a three-week stretch of sadness... And frustration and just general life just kind of kicking you in the you-know-what. There was also plenty of things that were really great about it as well. And um, I'll get things back on track, hopefully, by next week. Spell out a few more things and keep the show going every Wednesday. The most listened to, the most downloaded podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Thanks to Lee Brock. If you need him for all your home buying needs, Lee at lindabrockhomes.com. His direct line is 653-2491. Your best bet is just to do a quick Google search or get a hold of me, and I'll put you in contact with them immediately. They sell um, large amounts of real estate, high-end, not-so-high-end. If you're in the real estate market for whatever reason in any situation, Lee will take care of you. He is my guy. And I am out of here for this week's show. Thanks for um, your patience. Thanks for your loyalty. Thanks for listening to this uh, sometimes ridiculously stupid show and sometimes not dumb at all. It just depends from week to week. Uh, love you, mean it, and Happy New Year. And we'll do it again next week. Let's find out what day that is. I need to pull up my calendar, take a look at it. The 17th. We'll be back on a Wednesday schedule starting next week. See you later. Bye. Oh,